Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans. <laughs> you were going to 20, say 25 20, 20. You're getting we're, older, my friend. We're 20-year Wall Street veterans who have taken on secret identities, changed our voices, adopted disguises, basically gone underground so that we can bring you our candid views on stocks every week that we've chosen from that week's Value Line Investment Survey. Or randomly. Or randomly. But no, I think from, usually yeah, they are. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, they I are. Say no, that. it's fine. Um, but before we, uh, but before we do that, uh, first I want to remind everybody that we do this for entertainment purposes only, um, and that there are a number of caveats that you ought to be aware of. Please go to our website at www.thevalueguys.com to read about them. But they would include things like we might own all these stocks. We may not be entertaining. Might, might be why we're talking them up, if you exactly. will. Exactly. We may have lucrative arrangements with the companies involved. Actually, that be nice? we don't, yeah. but we're hoping that the, they might hear this and, and, and want to arrange something like that. 1-800-VALUE-GUYS. <laughs> uh, and most commonly, of course, we are often talking about stocks that we don't know much about, but we're relying really on the value line, one-page uh, research report for most of our data. And we just try to leverage that with 20 or 25, in the case of my senior colleagues, experience uh, uh, in, into some useful uh, commentary. Well, and we leverage it by drinking also. Um, sometimes. Not I always. Do. Yeah. Usually. Last week, I didn't get to well, drink. Well, that's how all this got started, was you know drinking and talking stocks. I didn't get and to drink last week. We decided maybe there might be a future in actually recording it and sharing it with other people. But um, yeah, yeah, consider it a window on how a Wall Street professional, still employed happily, both of us, uh, thinks about individual stocks. In the second half of the show, I'm going to come back with uh, – this, uh, this week's issue is heavy on uh, – Natural resources, oil and gas, uh, petrochem, uh, oil and gas distribution, coal. Uh, there is some wireless network. I'm going to have a wireless stock to talk about, a couple of natural resource stocks. But first. Are you going to name them? Or no, keep no, I'm not. Keep them in suspense. Okay. But first, I'm going to turn it over to my pal and yours, Val Hughes. Thank you very much, Vern, with that heartfelt introduction. Get it, I want to welcome Hughes. Vern back to the show. Because last week he was unable to I fly was cut over out and meet is me. What happened. I offered you an opportunity yeah, to join sure. me. Right. And uh, fly to so Europe. Anyway, we we put up a show um, and it was out there. It was not you know it, it was it was chock full of informative stock ideas, um, but uh, there were a lot of there were a lot of fans actually that wrote in and missed Vern. Um, well, three fans, but it seemed like a lot. Seemed like a lot. Um, Thanks, everybody. So, <laughs> Appreciate the support. So anyway, uh, we're uh, we're back to our normal schedule. It's Friday afternoon. It's been a good week on Wall Street this week. Finally, 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 we're able to get a little closer to windows without being fearful. And I appreciate the people who uh, cautioned me against getting too close to the window. I do have a Facebook page, Val Hughes, and uh, we have friends there. I talk about when the show's going up. That's really all I do. And then I talk about how I feel if the market's going down. And the other day I said I was a little too close to the window. We did have a few people that were concerned. So I just want to but say I, thank you. I, I pulled him back from the ledge. Yeah, so. well, thank you very much. Uh, this week I have three ideas, as I do every week, three excellent value ideas. And when the market's you know toward historic lows, what else is there but good value? And so uh, we had a lot of what? Raw materials, energy this week. I'm still in my mode of needs, not wants. We're not out of the woods. Well, by we all any need means. energy, and so that's a that's a good one. 
Uh, I'm going to uh, talk about a couple of things I don't know that much about this week, but the themes seem good. And the first one up is ConocoPhillips, COP. We talked about this in the shop today. We own this one. I own it. COP, what I'm attracted to is needs not wants, so energy. And because of the decline in oil prices recently, these energy stocks have been hammered. I've been talking about a few of them. i got two of them to talk about today, uh, Conoco and then a, a coal guy. But you know, I've looked at some of the data from the Department of Energy. Even if we take on the Pickens plan, move to wind, solar, natural gas, etc., uh, we're going to need oil for a long time. And so the thought that... Um, you know, this thing should be going out at three times gross cash flow or eight times uh, free cash flow. I calculated an enterprise value to EBITDA on this, and I'm probably doing it wrong. I don't have a calculator right here. But I'm looking at the market cap at $52.6 billion. I'm adding in the debt at $22 billion. I think that's $74 billion. They don't have much cash. And then I'm dividing $74 billion by what I think the operating income is. So I'm taking $240 billion. Admittedly, that's the 2010 estimate. Um, and there's about a 25% operating margin. So that's $60 billion, I think, in operating income on a $74 billion enterprise value. My God, that's is that 1. right? That's 1.3 times. Well... The trailing number, of course, was at higher oil prices, so oil, oil prices are down. But I am pretty sure oil prices over time are going to move higher. Even the price now that everyone thinks is so down, uh, you know, four, five, six years ago would have been a, a higher, well, a, you know, a high price. I think we're something like 20% off the lows at this point, aren't we? Yeah, I, I'm not yeah. sure exactly. But Here I just are. know that $40 oil at one time, not that long ago, was not cheap. It seems to me oil was 20 to $30 for a long time. And so uh, this seems like a great place to, to get in. They're trading at seven times earnings, 1.3 times enterprise value. They're paying a 5% yield, which after their uh, capital spending program, they still have plenty of money to pay that. They do 12 in gross cash flow, 8 per share in cap spending. That leaves 4 per share, and they're paying out a dividend of 190 So they're paying out about half of their free cash flow, um, they do issue stock over time, which I don't like, frankly, because it dilutes the common shareholder. I'm not sure, you know, maybe a lot of that is just them continuing to gobble up little firms. Of course, ConocoPhillips was formed out of the merger of Conoco and Phillips back in '02, so it wouldn't be surprising if that's kind of the way they grow. They're also diversified across a lot of areas in energy. They do exploration and production, 25% of their revenue. Refining is uh, 70%, so uh, they're pretty equally balanced between those two things. According to Value Line, um, there are clouds on the near-term horizon because of the declines in global energy demand. There are always clouds well, on the horizon. I think this one's pretty well known. How much about. is this stock down? It's down from, let's see, the peak was 96 in 08. It's at uh, you know, we didn't pull up the current quote on this, but this says 35, but that's... It's probably closer to 40. Yeah, that's but... Monday's price. We're on, you know, we had a good week. Um, but just, you know, the, the a, thought that this is eight times, eight times free cash flow, uh, the way I might look at this is there's an enormous return to a buyer of the company. They buy all the stock, all the debt, and while trailing, you know, enterprise value to EBITDA is 1.3, even if you're down from that going forward... If you're three, four, five times, that's still a 20% cash-on-cash return. I think this is an absolute no-brainer. 
uh, at this point in time. Uh, ConocoPhillips, COP, page 400. Okay, next up, Sherwin-Williams, ticker SHW. I have talked about this many times uh, in the last few years, and I just think it's worth bringing back because Sherwin-Williams, if you don't know, is the largest seller of paints and varnishes in America. They own a lot of real estate because they're along the little roads in all the towns and villages. They put up you know, some of the best returns on capital in all of retailing. So when you go back through the whole history of Value Line, the last five, six, seven years you know, in the 20s on capital return, and then they lever that just a teeny bit uh, to put up a return on equity in the you know, upper 20s to low 30s at peaks. They do a 12%. Selling paint? Well, selling paint, uh, but also all home. So it's home decorating, home decorating. And when you think about the value you can add by decorating your home, it's a very high return on investment, uh, you know, for the money it costs you to get the materials and the labor versus what it might do for the value of your home. Or right now, what it might do if you were hoping to move but can't, you know, instead of moving, repaint your home. It's uh, quite a bit less expensive. Oh, or if you're going to sell your house, you probably right. have to repaint so it to have a chance. It's there. a cheap decorating tool, paint, and uh, and I think that that allows them to earn these you know, pretty terrific margins. They take free cash and they buy stocks. So if you go back 10 years ago, they had 170 million shares. Now they have 110. They're just going to keep doing that, although they're not doing it this year. Uh, they've got a uh, free cash flow of 590, the stock at 47, so that's about what eight, nine times. They spend a buck 30 on capital spending. That leaves four, and these are 10, 2010 estimates, 460 a share in uh, free cash flow. So it's about 10 times. I look at that as a 10% return. Or if I look at enterprise value to EBITDA, enterprise value, market cap of equity, 5.3 billion. It says here it's probably 5.5. Plus uh, the debt, 800 million, uh, less a little bit of cash. So I've got, uh, let's see, about 6.5, let's say, billion in total enterprise value. And operating earnings of about 12% times 7.8 billion in sales, which is going to give me, let's just round you know, uh, a billion in operating margin, which makes my math easy. Six times, I'll flip that over and say one over six, a 16% return on my investment. And then I'm going to earn growth as well. And they're not a big grower. A value line says five, 6%, and I'll buy into that. So I'm looking at a low 20s percent return as an investor. Great business over time. One thing these returns tell you is these guys really know how to run a retail store. And that means they understand the science of what goes on what shelf at what time of day near what door because the only way you can generate these sorts of returns is to really manage your space on an ROI basis and they have all the equipment to do that in other words they know what every spot on every shelf uh, does in terms of the return on their inventory investment and mostly most often they roll in the cost of the real estate as well well they they, they have to get it right because all that paint is really heavy and you wouldn't want to have to be moving it around the store a lot. No, well, they have guys for that. Don't oh, worry okay. about that. Right. Uh, in any case, you know, it doesn't seem like the right time, uh, and that's exactly why it's cheap. We own this in the shop. Sherwin-Williams, SHW, page 483. And I do like to give the page numbers, Vern. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't think I heard a page number on every oh, yes, stock last week. Uh, yes, I did give the page number. Are you number. sure about that? No, I'm not. Hmm. No, I'm not. Okay. But... 
Did you listen to last week's show? I, I don't think the page number really is all that critical. I talked about some of the reasons. In, you know, in the era of the Internet why, and electronic delivery. Yeah. Well, anyway, okay. I had some positives and negatives about you on the show. Yeah, I, I, I heard that. So, a uh, coal company. I'm sorry, I'm just Did eating. you manage to get here by yourself? I did today. How about that? I drove over here. Hmm. Um, let's see. Where am I now? Okay, page 512, Alpha Natural Resources. Excuse me, I'm chewing. It's a coal company, ticker ANR. My theme here, I know you don't think coal is in the ascension, but when you project out per capita use of electricity, and I'm pretty sure everyone listening to me right now is an electricity user, um, we're addicted to it. Let's say your power goes out. Are you relaxed? Are you calm? No, you're on the phone if it works, okay? And you need your electricity. And so when you project out the need for electricity, unless people invent something, you know, of course, solar could get dramatically more efficient, and even in cloudy areas it might be effective, but that's not going to do it. Wind, sometimes wind doesn't blow, just, you know, so that's not going to work. It would be nice to improve the grid. We could get a lot of energy just by making that more efficient, and there are people working on that. And I have talked about plays on that, including Lincoln Electric, worth a look. But... Ultimately, you're going to need coal. It's cheap. It's here. We know how to work it. They're going to have to get better technology on the, uh, you know, the the clean coal, and there's people working on that. Um, But right now, coal is trading as if it's going out of style, and I've looked at the data. I can just say it's not going out of style. These guys, Alpha Natural Resources, they have coal uh, in 32 mines, uh, in Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania. And the reason they're there is that's where the coal is. They have 615 million tons of proven reserves, 25 years of production at their current rate with the reserves they know about. And, of course, they could probably find more reserves if they look. But if once you have 25 years, why keep looking, you know? So you know where it is. Um, They just negotiated a forward 12 months. I guess the way the coal business works is you sell out your whole year in a contract to the utilities. And they just had a very successful negotiation where their coal got sold out at $70 a ton for 2009. And I know the 2009 negotiations were a little late uh, because we've talked to this management team in the shop. But that's up 20 bucks from last year. So they're getting some good pricing they put up a you know low teens return on capital, upper teens return on equity. They don't have too much leverage. Um, well, you know they've got the, the debt they do have is two and a half percent convertible notes. Convertible at fifty four dollars a share. The stock's at nineteen. It's like free equity at this point. Two and a half percent. And then they have a little bit of other debt that I'm not sure what it is. It's four and a half times EBITDA, which is somewhere around twenty two percent return if we bought the whole company, and Value Line says they're going to grow at 12%, so that's near 30%. I like that a lot. Uh, I think it's, you know, what else do you need to know? Coal, it's cheap, theme, energy, coal, electricity gaining share, all that. Alpha Natural Resources, ticker A-N-R. And uh, with that, I'd like to turn the show and all that that entails over to Vern Value. Beverage break first. Beverage break. Well, I'm glad uh, you're. Uh, I'm glad you're turning the you. show over to me because uh, I, after I talk about my wireless stock, then I'm going to pick up your themes of uh, 
of oil and gas and coal okay, with a good. couple better stocks to use than uh, well, well, we'll let the listeners be the well, judge. Well, the best of that, ones are the ones we? that go up the most. I yeah, they think. will be. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We'll see. Uh, the first uh, the first stock I'm going to talk about is actually rated one by Value Line, which I it's been probably months since either of us actually recommended one of their number one rated stocks because they typically rely a lot on price momentum, but everything has been down so I don't much. believe I ever have. Is that right? I, I, don't I think I have, I have one or once or twice before. Um, but with everything down, really almost everything, um, you, you know, you can still find values kind of across the spectrum of their rating system. And the first one I'm going to talk about, I'm not sure how you pronounce this, Viasat, Viasat, the symbol is V-S-A-T, trades NASDAQ, of course. Value line showing a $17 stock price, actually closed today uh, a little north of 18 and a half. And so that gives it a market capital, equity market capitalization, not of $525 million, but closer to 580 Is that a satellite company, Bern? I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, and, there's, there's, and one of the things that attracted me as I was looking through these, this wireless space They're dead meat. is that they have no debt. And uh, for those of you who have been listening to us, uh, we've, of course, you talked about the theme of needs, not wants. One of our other themes has been to try and avoid um, highly leveraged balance sheets uh, because of the uncertainty that exists in the market. We don't know exactly where the economy is going and things like that. Or who will loan you money. And where you'll, how, you, how you'll be able to refinance the debt you have, how expensive will it be when you need to, et cetera. Uh, in this case, not a concern. Uh, Viasat, leading provider of advanced broadband digital sat com satellite communications and other wireless products, uh, apparently big exposure to the U.S. military, which I think has really an unending appetite for communication products, also serves the consumer satellite market with a variety of hardware products. And so I can't speak really well, also, to... Also, if the Chinese and Koreans start shooting them down... It'll improve the market for satellites. We're going to need, need more, more of them, them. Yeah. and I th there's at least some chance of that happening, uh, especially yeah. uh, I see in the news headlines today the Japanese are talking seriously about trying to shoot down uh, this pending North Korean launch. Yeah. That uh, I still don't understand that. It seems to me with hundreds of these things circling the globe, if you're going to shoot a satellite up, you need to make sure that you're not going to put it in the path of another one and that there should be some common registry. So if the, North Koreans, if the North Koreans are going to send up a satellite, wouldn't we know for sure that they were because they would have taken pains to interact with Last the rest of didn't. the international Last community? Last time they said they were going to do it and one There was nothing. Up. Right. right. Yeah. So uh, in any event, uh, this entity, however, uh, broke the half-billion-dollar revenue barrier in 2006 and in 2009, Value Line's expecting their top line to grow about 10% to $700 million, another 10% in 2010 to 770 and apparently backed up by strong new contract awards. Value Line says here that um, net new contract awards were up 31% year-to-year in the nine, first nine months of fiscal 2008. That's, that's got to be a good number. That's got to... Uh, uh, provide a lot of support for some of that top-line growth that they're talking about. Um, higher sales of military products, video data link systems, and information assurance products. I'm not sure what that means, except it sounds like backup systems, perhaps. Um, so maybe a little bit of pressure on profitability, but uh, it looks like when they got to this half-billion-dollar revenue level, 
uh, return on capital, which had been kind of floating in the mid-single digits, um, uh, broke above 10% for the first time and appears to be holding there. So returning better than 10% on nothing but a pure equity balance sheet. Certainly room for return on uh, shareholders' equity to go higher if they start using some debt. Stock's been outperforming the market pretty steadily since, looks like, the second quarter of 2008 because this stock's not down near as much as um, as other stocks are. People view it like a utility. And it's got a pretty reasonable valuation. Even at 18 and a half bucks, I'm looking at gross cash flow of around $2. I've got capital spending around $0.60 cents a share, so... About a dollar sixty in free cash flow. It's only about ten or eleven times that number. I look at enterprise value to EBITDA. I've got the five eighty equity market cap as of today. No debt, cash. I'm not going to bother subtracting it, although I could. Sixty three million of cash against five eighty uh, equity yeah, market cap is a why meaningful number. Why not just number. subtract it? All heck? right, so five twenty we'll say yeah. of enterprise value over uh, value lines looking for north of eighty million of EBITDA this year. So I, I we're talking a little over six times on a uh, enterprise value to EBITDA basis. So sounds cheap. Very attractive as you were you know as you like to do invert that. You can look at something like a sixteen percent cash on cash return. Value lines looking for cash flow and earnings to be growing at nineteen percent rates. That might be a little wow, bit rich. That seems, yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, looks like a very high quality name that's uh, come under significant pressure, just like all other stocks. Um, yet maybe offers some utility-like characteristics that you were talking about. uh, I'm sorry, may I offer a caveat on that? Sure, go ahead. Satellites have been losing share to fiber, and it's also hard to upload to satellites. But uh, still, they've maintained... Given how fast fast data data transmission needs are growing, I'd be comfortable that satellites will continue to have a meaningful share that out there. and a significant growth opportunity, even if other other I parts. Just, I of, know you said these were going to be better names, and I just wanted to have that caveat. You know, that, I, I was talking about better on the energy. Oh, names. I see. I'm so sorry. we'll turn but to that not now. That one. Thanks okay. for the introduction there. Now, for those of you who've been able to uh, to make it through the first half of the show and get here to the payoff on the stronger energy names that were promised to, um, the first one I'm going to talk about is my oil and gas name. Um, although it does have a uh, a little bit higher multiple on the enterprise value EBITDA calculation than ConocoPhillips, back that away, back my away. colleague was recommending, uh, I prefer Total, or I think maybe internationally it's pronounced Total. Is that French? Yes, it is. Enough said. That's exactly why I like it. <coughs> Symbol is TOT. Uh, traded not at forty three dollars, which Value Line is showing, but with a little bit of uh, turn in the market has bounced to 49 already, was yielding over 6.5%. It's probably between 55 and 6 at this point. I've got some uh, currency translation risk there, but the dollar's already strengthened significantly against the euro, so I think most of that's already reflected in the current yield. Do French companies earn profits? Yes, they do. Huh. They earn 20% operating margins in the case of this one. How's their they accounting? Earn, they, earn, <laughs> they earn low teens Returns on capital, which with some leverage, 24% of of capitalization is debt. They lever into um, high teens and into the 20s return on shareholders' equity. And the great thing about the French is they have absolutely no scruples. So whereas American companies like ConocoPhillips might face some limitations on their ability to compete for for, uh, a business where new oil fields are being developed, 
The French, who are happy to bribe their way into any situation, um, are participating fully. Are they In fact, Value Line mentions specifically that uh, that they're bidding on new opportunities in Iran, for example, where oh. no American company can participate. Oh. Uh, I think Total has also been quite active in the Central European or Central Asian republics, the former Soviet republics, where a lot of uh, new oil and gas uh, uh, fields are being developed. And in, if you study well, I, the oil and gas industry worldwide, one major problem for the for the long established American producers is that the traditional fields that they've relied on. Um, are well, they're basically drying up. I mean, yields are going down. It's becoming more costly to get what is still there. And the fresher, younger, more rich and higher yielding properties are in these places where... No one's been before. Except the French, because right. they'll pay off anybody that they have to to, mm. to be involved. I've got $110 billion of equity market capitalization. That's updated with today's stock price. Um, I add $33 billion of debt. I subtract $17 billion of cash. I've got $126 billion Enterprise value, about $35 billion of EBITDA, according to Value Line, with their profitability down, of course, in 2009 because oil prices being down a lot. And that's a 3.6 times enterprise value to EBITDA multiple hmm. uh, compared with your 1.3. Now, there's got to be something wrong with that number, though. I well, with uh, both it. companies. I, these numbers just don't low. make sense. Um, but anyway, you should take a look at this. Total, profitable at a $40 oil price. Of course, oil is closer to $50 right now and uh, potentially rising, certainly rising longer term. And in the meantime, I think the yield, I mean, they're only paying out about half of earnings in this dividend, which is yielding uh, approaching 6%. Uh, ConocoPhillips is in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm thinking there's maybe not as much oil and in in gas in the ground there as there used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they have you know the ability to go other places. They have planes. And then if, if you're interested in coal, you might want to take a look at ARCH, symbol A-C-I, because in contrast to uh, another company that was mentioned earlier on this week's show that does most of its business in the eastern, uh, in the eastern U.S., where uh, extraction costs are very high, and where there is growing um, public um, opposition to the further development of resources because of uh, the damage that they're doing to watershed, for example. Uh, Arch Coal well, has pheasants, its assets. The pheasants are being harmed. That's right, yeah. yeah. Are more concentrated in, um, in, the, uh, in Wyoming's Powder River Basin, where you have very low sulfur coal, which is very popular for utilities to burn. Um, and bunnies uh, don't live there, so it's right. Better. No, that's right, and there aren't very many people. Even if you get everybody in Wyoming to to come and protest, <laughs> you can really fit them crowd, all. In. You know, you just offer them a sandwich <laughs> down at the diner and keep on digging up the coal. Uh, <laughs> Arch Coal, the nation's second largest coal producer, uh, with mines located in both eastern and western U.S. So they they are exposed to the east, but. Um, like I say, I believe that they're uh, they're overweighted in the West. Uh, insider buying as recently as November with a stock price in the mid-teens. Stock closed today about thirteen fifty. There is some yield here, probably around two and a half percent. And I agree with my colleague that electricity is very popular with everybody I know. Very popular. And very popular. I, I think if you if you really have an open mind about this and you read all the studies, that even if even if we were able to exceed the Obama administration's uh, forecasts or targets for solar and wind production, um, you're going to struggle to uh, to meet the need, not just here, but around the world. And believe it or not, right. we're yeah. kind of the Saudi Arabia of coal. So there's a yeah. tremendous export opportunity here as well. So take a look at ACI. 
My favorite idea this week, I think I'll say, is Total. Total. Really? Yeah. Well, I thought you, you might say the coal company. I'm going to go with my coal company, Alpha Natural Resources. I've got more yield. ANR. Ah, it's still pretty good here. We'll see you next week, folks.